Ian Furness on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR, entertaining sports talk. Yeah, I think Fant would stay at tackle. Uh, I think all the rest of them could move inside. Um, you know, like you asked about Ethan specifically, he's going to start at right tackle with Jermaine. Those two guys are going to compete. And, you know, obviously what your hope is is that they prove to us day in and day out that they're two of the best five, and then you got to move one of them somewhere. And that's a good problem to have. Tom Cable, just a few minutes ago, we'll discuss what he had to say in just a second and recap it in case you missed it. Some, some pretty good stuff out of Tom Cable, the Seahawks offensive line coach, and what he is expecting. Let's get some of the other headlines out there today. It's been a, uh, I would say, an up-and-down day for your Seattle Mariners. Uh, Hisashi Iwakuma placed on the 10-day DL retroactive to the 7th, which is Monday, Sunday, right? That's Sunday. Mm-hmm. Look at my calendar, a little smartphone. Yep, yeah, Sunday. So retroactive to Sunday, uh, Hisashi Iwakuma placed on the 10-day DL today. Uh, Evan Marshall, who uh, just blew out his hamstring, I guess it was, last weekend, He's now on the 60-day DL. And uh, Sam, you say it with me, Neil. Gavagillo? Gavaglio? Who cares? It's just Sammy. Old Sammy. You know what? Mayday Sam. Or what do they call him in uh, Cheers? That's, that's who it is, right? Mayday. Mayday. Uh, Mayday Malone. Sam Malone is, uh, how do we say this guy's name? Gavag. Gavagillo. 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 Often yeah. referred to as who? Who? <laughs> Well, I think you could say that about half the guys that are either in the bullpen or just on the team right now with the job of pitching a baseball. Uh, Mike Curdo knows them, and that's about it because <laughs> they've all been Tacoma Rainiers this year. Uh, so they bring him up to, uh, to take the place at Iwakuma. That was this morning uh, at 7.50 a.m. Pacific time. The M's made that announcement. Then they go out and they complete a two-game series sweep of the Philadelphia Phillies with an 11-6 win. They led 3-0 before the Phillies came back and tied it in the bottom of the third with a three-run, two-run home run. And then the M's with five runs in the seventh. And it was uh, really kind of capped off by this guy, Chooch. That will get it done. Look at Chooch right this baby up against the fence. Three runs are going to score. Here comes Dyson flying around and Carlos Ruiz here in Philly. Even the Philly fans give him the big chooch cheer. What a great moment for Carlos Ruiz. It's pretty amazing when you're a visiting player and you clear the bases and you get an ovation. Highlights courtesy of Root Sports. Thank you, Root Sports. That was Dave Sims. Mike Blowers on the call. Yeah, I think they were saying chooch. Some were clapping, and I think some were pissed off. I, I'm not sure if the 100% of the crowd in Philadelphia was thrilled with the fact that an ex-Philly came in and kicked their ass. But uh, bases clearing double. That was in the seventh. Uh, five runs scored there. Three more in the eighth. Ends up they kind of almost need them because the Phillies came back with one in the bottom of the eighth and two in the ninth. A couple home runs in the process. But they get the win to the Mariners by an 11-6 to score. They are now 17-17 and on the season. They've used a, I mean, a ton of of pitchers, the only of the five pitchers that you thought were going to be in the rotation at the start of the season, or even the start of training camp, I should say, is probably a better way to put it because Smiley got hurt, obviously. But of the five guys that you thought were going to be there, just one, and that was uh, that was today's uh, starter, uh, Gallardo, who went five innings, gave up uh, three runs, all in that home run on four hits. 
Giovanni Gallardo, the only guy among the five projected guys in your rotation that is on the active roster right now. Obviously, Ariel Miranda has been there since the start and has been really pretty good for them. In fact, better than good, better than expected. He, by the way, Miranda, he's a pinch runner today. <laughs> he pinch ran. Unbelievable. That's how deep they got down. Now, obviously, it's different because you're in the National League and that means you're still back in the dark ages and you don't know what the DH is. So they had to have pitchers hitting and guys, and the Cruz got on with a walk. And uh, was it a walk? Yeah, he walked. Cruz yes. got on with a walk in the eighth. And they had, with bad hamstring, they had to pinch run for him. So, nevertheless, the M's get the win. Uh, they have one projected member of their five man rotation, two, if you want to go six deep out of the top six that are still there. Everyone else is on the DL. It is, you know, your best, you know, at the start of the year, your best and most consistent offensive player was Mitch Hanniger. He's still on the DL and probably won't be back, according to Divish, until the end of the month. And they're looking at the uh, the last, not the next homestand, which starts next Monday, but the following road trip after that to end the month of May. They may get Hanniger back. Gene Segura, who isn't has he doesn't have enough at bats to qualify. Otherwise, he'd be leading the American League in hitting, hitting three sixty four. He spent time in the DL as well. Uh, you get really all due respect to Chooch and his uh, one for four day today. He's hitting one twenty nine. You're not getting anything for the most part out of the catcher position. Valencia, I'd say you could probably start saying Valencia. He's hitting 243. He's starting to heat up. His OPS is 726. I mean, he's Valen- definitely come up. Yeah, he's come up. He had a home run today. He was four for six, was Danny Valencia. So he, you can at least say, hey, we're starting to get something out of first base, but catcher is still a black hole. You're going to get nothing out of that for the most part. And yet somehow, some way, your offense has carried you to a 17-17 and record. The M's. Uh, fa- fantastic. I mean, they're four and one in interleague play this year too, and they've scored eight or more runs in five of their last seven games. So they can't do it with starting pitching if the starting pitching is just not there. If it's AAA caliber outside of maybe Miranda and Gallardo, but they're doing it with their offense, and and good for them to pull up to seventeen and seventeen on the season. We may check in with somebody back in Philadelphia. We'll see. Uh, we're uh, we're working on that, and that's a getaway day. They got to get to Toronto from uh, from Philadelphia. That means the the joy of customs and all that kind of fun stuff. So if uh, if they're able to throw somebody on the phone, we'll get somebody on in a minute. So stay tuned for that. Um, real quick, let me get to this four nine four five one. By the way, the Heritage is stealing text line. You can comment on the M's as well if you like. We talked. Uh, we'll talk uh, Tom Cable's comments in a minute, and get to that in just a few seconds. Uh, we're in the Carter Volkswagen studios today. There, the. Uh, the story that broke last night, before I get to the football side of the Seahawks in a second, uh, the story that broke last night, I'll be very honest with you, I'm still a little bit confused, and I was just kind of watching a little back and forth on Twitter with, with uh, Puck and, and, and Slick and some other guys. I'm a little confused exactly what the timeline is, the reasoning behind it, the layers of articles that have been written recently and then written two years ago as well. Uh I'm not really sure. I'm sure of one thing. Frank Clark made a major, major error in judgment, made a major mistake, just made an absolutely colossal mistake. Uh, And I don't know if I want to term it anything else other than that, but if, and it's one of those things that not everyone listening to this radio show is on Twitter, right? Not everyone. I mean, I know that. The circles I run in, in the the middle-aged, male world not everyone's on twitter adam i'm going to ask you a question i'm not this is even we're not even screwing around like we normally do what percentage of your friends 
in the mid to late twenties have uh, have used Twitter? Is it like eighty, ninety, hundred? Oh yeah, okay. I would say at least eighty to ninety percent. Yeah, it's kind of a younger, right? Sure. Kind of a younger thing. Okay, sure for the most part. Yeah, because I know not everybody. Like my my friends, for the most part, you know, some guys will not might not have even been aware of what's going on. Uh, and what happened. And I saw this last night. I was at the Thunderbird game. They got, by the way, game four tonight, 7 o'clock. God, they had a great crowd. 6,000 people last night. Man, it was insane. Sold uh, out tonight? Uh, close. Close. Not quite yet, but it's close. They had, they had literally SRO. It was, it, was wow. people, it was the loudest I've ever been in that building. It was really cool. They lost 3-2, should have won, missed the net, but nevertheless, cool atmosphere. But in there last night, and as I'm kind of keeping track of the game on Twitter, and, and this, I see the, the, the tweet, and I see the story, and – and I'm looking through this, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And it was a tweet from Frank Clark. And it was aimed at a writer from Bleacher Report, a female writer from Bleacher Report. And Natalie Weiner is her name. And she covers the NFL, is from here, is a Seahawk fan. And I, I, I don't know, and why I'm bringing all this up is I, I still do not understand exactly what the genesis was. Did it start from an article she wrote from Greg on Greg Hardy? Was there a link? Was there not a link? I don't even really care. I, 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 in fact, I care not at all. Outside of knowing that he reacted to something that she wrote, and he reacted in a way that was beyond inappropriate. It was wrong. Uh, it was a horrible decision on his part. It's one of those great examples of how social media, Twitter specifically, and the instantaneous nature of it can be one of the most damaging things to someone, not just to the person that types out the 140 characters, but to the person, more importantly, that might receive those. In this case, it was the writer from Bleacher Report, Natalie Weiner. Uh, it, it's just, I love Twitter. I love social media. I think that it, the fantastic thing about it is it gives you instantaneous news. The worst part about it is it allows you to say things or type things or make comments directed either at somebody directly or not that you just never, ever, ever should say publicly. Whether you think it or not, hell, we all think things. We all say things behind closed doors that are inappropriate, are dumb, are wrong, uh, are, are irresponsible. We all do that. The problem is when you type them out in 140 characters, it takes you to a whole different level. And I don't think, and I'm not going to condone it, but... Every one of us at some point has done or said something on social media that you regret if you've been at it for any amount of time. But if you're a guy that has been accused of, but not convicted of, but accused of something as as heinous as a domestic violence case, no matter how the words go, you just cannot go down that road. And Frank Clark did with this writer. Uh, He sent out a release, a, a statement a short time ago. And it reads as follows. I'll read it verbatim. I understand the seriousness of this subject. I want to apologize to Natalie Weiner for letting my emotions get the best of me about comments made towards my personal life and family. I've worked hard over the last two years to do right, not only for myself, but for my family as well. I will continue on this path on and off the field. That's from Frank Clark. The, the Frank Clark dilemma has been going on since they drafted him two years ago. And when Frank Clark was drafted in 2015, there was a ton of controversy because of the alleged incident in the hotel room with his then-girlfriend, who I'm not sure if that's who he's still with or not. 
Can't tell you. I'm not sure. Which goes to the point of we don't know, you know, as much about these guys behind closed doors as sometimes we think we do. But the Frank Clark that was drafted came in, has played hard, has played well, is one make an argument one of the most improved players on the football field in the last year. There's that Frank Clark, and then there's the Frank Clark that we all kind of wonder what's going on behind the scenes. Now, this was a tweet, not an incident, but it's damaging and wrong nevertheless. Now, I know a lot has been made about the words that he used about the fish tank and what that may or may not mean. I'll, go to, I'll, I'll side with, with my former co-host in that I think it's hard for us, and it should be almost, I don't know if I'd use the, quite the, use the word dangerous, but I think it's hard for us to, to know exactly what he meant by that and to assume that it has some sort of meaning in an urban dictionary might be a stretch, might be a reach, and hopefully is a reach. Hopefully, but but doesn't matter because the comments were wrong, whether it was gender or sexually based, they were wrong. You know, I, I've, I'll be the first to tell you I don't know Frank Clark outside of Frank Clark, the football player. I just don't. But I've probably interviewed him more than anybody else in this market. He's just been a go-to guy for us on TV. He's been a guy that, is one of the few players on that roster who is accountable win or lose. They lose, he'll still talk. Him and KJ Wright, win or lose, you, you can get post-game comments from them. I emphasize that because it's post-game comments. It's not, hey, what's going on in your world? Hey, what's going on in your life? So I don't know. I don't know what's – and I see these guys in a hotel on the road, but I, I don't know these guys. I'll be the first to admit that. The Frank, Car- Frank Clark, the football player to me, is one of the most accountable players in that locker room. He's one of the most – and when I say accountable – I mean, in terms of how he prepares himself to play football, how he plays the game, how he, how he goes about uh, preparation pregame, how he handles himself is in terms of being a professional football player. But I don't know how he is off the field. I cross my fingers and I hope like hell he's got his act together and that this was just a misstep along the way because he's a really talented player. And I'll try to take him at value, and he says, I've done my best and worked hard over the last two years to do right, not only for myself but for my family as well. I'll take him at his word for that because when I do speak to him, that's kind of the impression I get from him is that he does care about how he's perceived and he does care about that. Now, whatever would cause him to send that tweet last night in anger, horrible, horrible decision by him. Bad decision. Is there still a side of Frank Clark that's a little scary and worrisome? Nobody knows except for Frank Clark, and even he may not know. He may not know at all. Bad look, though. Bad look. And it comes on the heels of some allegations against Jaron Reed and whether or not – I thought Bob Kendota had it well, said it well today. A lot of people involved. His name hasn't even been made public yet by the police. Who knows what's going on? What these guys have to realize as Seahawks, as Seahawks players, is that they are in the crosshairs. They are not only in the public eye, but I, I just – Anything you do as a Seahawk player is magnified tenfold in this town. You're a rock star. You're a flat-out rock star. You have to be so cognizant of that. And then just as the human being element part of it, too, with this writer, she or anybody doesn't deserve that. Now, it's one thing when you get, as a reporter, there are risks in the business in terms of your 
not safety, but in terms of you know how you how you are dealt with by other people that come with the territory. I.e., as a sports reporter, you might get yelled at by an athlete if they don't like a question you ask, if they don't like a comment you make, and it has to do with football, baseball, basketball, whatever the sport might be. That's part of the job. That's just part of. That's inherently part of the job. What's not part of the job? What never is part of the job? is either a threat, which this wasn't, or a comment that's so out of bounds and so out of line, which this was, that no one should be subjected to that. So, Frank Clark, I would hope, God, I'm trying to think when they're, I don't know, I'd, I'd like to hear from Frank Clark outside of a uh, outside of a, a statement at some point. Well, I'm not sure when or, when or how that could happen, but uh, yeah, bad decision on his part. Bad decision all the way around on his part. All right. Uh, I went a little long there. My apologies, but uh, I figured we needed to talk about that. All right, M's win. They uh, they now pulled a 500 on the year, 17-17. Tom Cable says, don't worry about your uh, your uh, Seahawks offensive line. A ton of changes. We can talk about all of that. Our text line is open for you, 49451. Uh, that's 49451. And uh, we'll get yours on the Heritage of Stealing text line and get your thoughts and see what uh, see what you thought in terms of what uh, Tom Cable said. I... I, I you know, he mentioned real quick, and, and we'll get to more of him. We'll play some of the catch from Tom Cable tomorrow and kind of discuss it. But uh, he kind of laid out what the offensive line will look like. We'll talk about that and get your text coming up next. Ian Furness on Seattle Sports Radio 950, KJR, entertaining sports talk. Yes, we have done that. So he'll compete with Odea Boucher, and we will go right to work with those two guys, you know, kind of hammering it out and – Postic will probably get some work in there. So, again, we have five guys on the left competing, five guys on the right. And inside with Justin, you've got Joey Hunt and Will Precheck. And um, so I, I just like that dynamic. That, when we were really good uh, prior to last year, uh, that's kind of how we were. We A lot of competition everywhere. That's Tom Cable. He joined me about an hour ago on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Ian Furness back with you as we get your text. 49451, that's the Heritage Distilling text line. You can text those in, fire away. You heard Tom Cable. Mariners are 17-17 now, by the way, as well. And uh, Frank Clark has issued an apology for his tweet last night to Bleacher Report writer Natalie Weiner. All those out there for you real quick. Before, uh, before I get to... The tw- I keep wanting to say tweets. The text, text tweets. Should I? Re- should I- we'll spend time on this tomorrow. Greg Cosell, by the way, will join us at one twenty tomorrow. Yep, and he'll break down the Seahawks draft class as his film breakdown, as only Greg Cosell can do. All year long, he's brought to you by our good friends at Alaskan Brewing, but he'll do that tomorrow. As a little kiss to us. Thank you. Here you guys go. Enjoy a little freebie from uh, Greg Cosell. A little bonus Greg Cosell film breakdown in uh, in May. Before we do that, so here are the guys. Here's what he's got for the the Seahawks offensive line. Tell me if I missed something, Adam. Okay. Left side of the line, Fant, Odiambo, Roos, Jokel, and Senior. Okay, yep. Fant is basically a left tackle. The other four can play tackle or guard. Yes. He said Fant at left tackle. Yes. Yes. Justin Britch, your center with Joey Hunt backing him up. Mm-hmm. And on the right side, Posick, Afedi will start out as the two right tackles. Yes. And the two right guards, 
Odie. Odie? Oday? Oday Abushi? Abushi. <laughs> Oday Abushi and uh, Reese, or I mean Mark Lewinsky. Uh, where did I miss? Oh, I missed Odiombo. No, you said Odiombo. Yeah, I did. I always put yeah. down Reese because I can't spell his name. Yeah, Reese Odiombo. Yeah. Uh, Ode Abushi and uh, Mark Lewinsky will battle it out to start at right guard, and Posick and Effetti will battle it out to start at right tackle, and Posick will also see some time at right guard. Let me count up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. That's eleven players. They'll keep nine or ten. There you go. That's your offensive line for 2017 for your Seattle Seahawks. More, Has to be better than last year, right? Well, you know the other bit of news that came out, and this he kind of brought this up at the end. George Fant went from 293 yeah. to 320 in the offseason. Reese Odiombo went from 304 to 316 in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Let's see a little bit of news that, uh, that Tom Cable gave us from his conversation today. That'll be podcast. SportsRadioKJR.com, and we'll also tomorrow go. We'll uh, we'll pick apart some of the sound bites he had. He's excited. About, I want to. In fact, I want to talk about the running backs with him tomorrow. Make a note of that. Yeah. Okay. What All do you right. got? Four two five. We'll start with the offensive line from uh, Tom Cable's interview. I'm not worried at all. I don't have to play quarterback behind him. <laughs> not buying it. Was that before or after the interview? Did you have any before the interview? That actually was before. Okay. Well, give me a couple. Yeah. Give me a couple more before, and then we'll get them after. Okay. Uh, two five three. Not as concerned because how much worse could it get? Okay, give me two or three more. Give me one or two more from before. Uh, seven zero one. They didn't draft a D lineman to convert, which makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> well, don't never say never. I mean, yeah, McDowell. He could easily just they should just flip him over, right? I see one two oh six. This was before we had Tom Cable on. Jokel seems to be the only guy who doesn't fit in with this band of misfits O line. Why was he brought in? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Offensive line, 15 on a scale of 1 to 10. Built through the yeah. draft, they didn't do it again. That was before as well. All right, do you have some after the draft? Yeah. Feeling or a, after the interview, I should say? I think this was after the interview. Feeling a lot better than last year. Added assets through the draft, free agency, and one more year experience for Justin Brett. Fant and Effetti as well. Excited to see what Ethan Posick brings, too. That's our guy Keith from the 253. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think a year ago what they would have. Well, a year ago now, going in to the summer months, they had Gilliam penciled in at left tackle. Gwinski at left guard. We were hearing rumblings about Britt playing center along with Joey Hunt. The right guard position was going to be manned by, was it Jamarcus Webb and Fetty? Well, right. T- I and thought- then right tackle was going to be, uh, what's his face? Sal? The golfer, Sal, yeah. Wasn't Webb, though, also going to be? Maybe Webb was right tackle. Right tackle, and yeah. Right guard. Yeah. I, I like, on paper. You like this a lot better, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Jamarcus Webb was, now, he was old. Uh, I guess I guess people might make a comparison Webb to Jokel, but I mean Jokel was a very high draft pick. There's 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 a skill set there somewhere that that has to exist. Yeah. Okay. Uh two zero eight. This was from Casey. Good. They so he's feeling better. They flash dominance at times with a very young offensive lineman. I think Luke will be an upgrade at one of the guard spots. So he's on board with Luke Jokel. Okay. 
I am too. I am too. Uh, uh, give me one or two more, and then we'll get to the uh, the Frank Clark stuff too. Okay. Probably going to be the best offensive line in the league this year. Too bad we still have Bevel. <laughs> wow. The best offensive line. Well, I'm going to just tell you this. I When we went back, <laughs> if you go back to 2000 and the 2013 season, they won the Super Bowl, and go back to the Super Bowl in 2014. But there were people complaining about that offensive line that year. Thank God we got Lynch. If it wasn't for Lynch, there's no way. Yeah. Listen, and they hated Bevel because for a little bit early on, there was like some, you know, there was times we thought that maybe it was more conservative of play. This is my favorite one. There used to be huge complaints here about how conservative the play calling was when they wanted to run the ball down people's throat with Marshawn Lynch. And then we complained about how conservative the play calling was. Like you just, you always have a complaint. That was a Super Bowl champion. Not They didn't, you know, I, I know. All right, uh, I want to move on to the Frank Clark. Sure. Uh, well, can I read the one? I want to read sure. the one here. Where was the one? I saw a good Mariner one. It's pretty good. Okay. Uh, Mariners, if you're just joining us, did win today. If the Seahawks can make a basketball player a starting left tackle, can the M's make an extra oh, yeah. outfielder a catcher? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know, but they're they're basically their ace of their staff right now is Ariel Miranda, right? Yeah. He's the ace. Yes. He had to pinch run today. <laughs> Think about don't that. Don't me up. He had to pinch run. The, the, what really is the Almost ace scored. of your staff, your number one starter right now is Ariel Miranda, and they had to put him in as a pinch runner. Like, what would have happened if that guy would have pulled something or twisted something oh. or rolled an ankle? An injury a day keeps the losses away. I, that's, I guess, that's what's, that's what's happening. All right, fire away. What else you got? All right. Uh, 49451, by the way, it's the Heritage Distilling Text Line. He posted something on social media. You guys are making it seem like he murdered someone. Richard Sherman does this all the time. That's I, I, two listen, I think if you really listen to what I said, that's not how I portrayed it at all. A- a- at all. So you give your head a shake there, fella, because that's not how I portrayed it. I said he made a, ma- a bad mistake, a really bad mistake, and I bet he regrets it. He sent the t- I mean, to sum up, the, the easiest way to put what I said in about eight minutes is I think he made a really, really bad decision and a really bad mistake. That doesn't mean he murdered somebody. Ah. Can we read the... the we Do have you have people, it in front of you? Yeah, we have people calling in. Can we read the original Frank Clark tweet that he deleted? You have it in front of you? Yeah, yeah. I do. Go ahead and read it. Okay. People like you don't have long careers in your field. I have a job for you cleaning my fish tank when that little job, that little job is over. That was from Frank Clark. It was directed at Natalie Weiner. She yes. is a writer, uh, NFL football writer, I believe, for Bleacher Report. Yeah. She also covers uh, pop culture, too. Okay. So, so that's it. he wrote that to Nat. He sent that directly to her, to her last night. And it was in regards to she'd done an article on Greg Hardy and then previously a couple of years ago had done something on, on Frank Clark. And that's that was what the tweet was. Now – there is a big question about what the meaning of fish tank is. There's an urban dictionary de- definition. Did he mean it by that? Does that mean anything? Should it mean anything? Probably not. It was it was wrong. End of story. Right? Mm-hmm. Period. Okay. Hopefully that clarifies it. Yeah, I, as I mentioned earlier with you, I said, I don't know. I mean, there's guys that aren't on Twitter. There's people in this world that are not on Twitter, and I get that. That's yeah. why it's an interesting story because it's a Twitter story. It's a social media story. You know, it's not a mainstream story. I I haven't seen it anywhere. Maybe I've missed it. I don't think I've seen it anywhere like on 
Uh, it was uh, it was picked up by yes the mothership. Did they have it on TV or was it just on their website? Uh, I think it was just on their website. Yeah. And I know uh, I think Skip Bayless was calling for Frank Clark to be never, suspended. Never heard of him. <laughs> so it it did it's starting to gain traction. Yeah. I would say. What? It's almost twenty four hours ago it came out, but yeah. Okay. Uh, I got a couple Lynch ones. Fire finish away. off if you'd like. All right, 206. Sure. I don't think Lynch would have ever played for the Seahawks again. His agent was just trying to keep the folks in Seattle happy. Uh, do you have – can you play that first bite? Yeah. 001. This is Doug Hendrickson yesterday with Dave Softy Mahler on Lynch wanting to play for Seattle. Fire away. The only team he ever wanted to play for was Seattle. And so that was the one team he said, I'm not playing again other than Seattle, and, and uh, you know, they went out and got Eddie Lacy, and that was before, you know, Marshawn Dew wanted to come back, and it just got to the situation where, you know, Seattle had, had Rawls and had Lacy, and uh, and I think it was a situation where it was just best for everyone to kind of move in a different direction. Yeah, that's the agent for uh, Marshawn Lynch, Doug Hendrickson. Let's, let's remember, though, that Eddie Lacy came here a year, actually longer than that, January, February, so February, uh, about 13, 14 months after about 13 or 14 months after Marshawn Lynch retired, the Seahawks signed Eddie Lacy. Three months after he retired, they drafted three running backs because they didn't have a running back. They had replaced him. They had moved on. What were they supposed to do? Yeah. Right. I, just, I mean, it, and it sounds great now. Hopefully that sells some more beast mode clothing for him down in uh, <laughs> Soto. Yeah, one more? Um, Got a favorite in there that jumps out at you? Well, this one just came in. 206, really? Really? That was the tweet we were talking about. She's bringing up all smack about him. That is not proven. He hasn't been arrested for it, actually. It's still a... If, if you're trying to... If anyone's trying to argue that it, yeah, let's, it's a... It's, let's, not, let's not go ahead and condone it, all right? Yeah, like, let's, yeah I mean... There is... Whatever the meaning was... Was it gender based? Was it a, a, a was it sexually based? Either it or, matter. it was wrong. Yeah, yeah. either exactly. or, it was wrong. Is it worth a suspension? No, stop it. I, there's sometimes yeah. so we don't always have to go to extremes. Okay, yeah. we don't always have to go to extremes. You can have something that was wrong. It doesn't mean it was horrific. It was just wrong. And he did delete it fairly quickly. <laughs> oh, just, yeah. yeah, so that's the problem in the world we live in now. Yeah. You can delete all you want, man. Sure. Even I know screenshot. Even I know how to do a screen. Yeah, yeah. even I know how to do a screenshot. All right, so that doesn't matter. But yeah, it doesn't have to be an extreme. Let's let me just wrap it up with this. Things don't always have to be extremes, right? It doesn't have to be the worst thing ever, but it also doesn't have to be nothing. It can be somewhere in between. All right, that's it. We're good. That's it. That's it. Ian Furness on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR, entertaining sports talk. Break down the 17 and 17 baseball How team. How about that, baby? Huh? huh? Five and a half out of first. Just one, I think, what? One, one game, game out in the wild card. One game out of the second wild card. Too bad card it's spot. Uh, May the 10th and not September the 10th, huh? 
Well, my God. Plenty of time to make up that ground. Hey, look, as I said yesterday, mm. and I was criticized for it by your former co-host, by the way. Why do you blame me okay? for what he would because say? Because you spawned him. Why all right? You spawned the puck master. I gave right? him I gave him a seat at the table. Exactly. That's the whole point. You cannot blame me. He'd be me. eating with the little kids if not for you. All right? He'd be eating in the family room on the play school plastic ch- chairs. What show is that here? Yeah, without for you. Isn't that my show? All right. No, no, no. <laughs> but, you know, I, look, I, I, as I said yesterday and as I've said a couple times this week, uh, I think you got to give these guys a little bit of a break because of the injury situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, now they got 15 different relievers, right? They're going to be on their ninth different starter as far as the depth chart at least is concerned. Sure. Segura DL, Hanniger DL, and here they are, and they're a 500 baseball team. And they team. just whooped up on Philadelphia. And they just Two wiped games in a row, shocking. with the Philadelphia Two Phillies. games in a row. Things are so bad in Philadelphia, the Philly fans were actually cheering when Carlos Ruiz had that three-run double. That's the best thing to happen know, to Philly baseball this year. Think about Philadelphia. You have the Flyers, yeah. horrible. Yeah. I think they just won the lottery, though, for the NHL. But yeah. Flyers, horrible. Did they really? S- Sixers are horrible. <laughs> no idea. Uh, well, I mean, just the fact that you're in the lottery. Yeah. So NHL, well, NBA, okay. lottery, lottery. All right. Baseball team's horrible. Yeah. Football team's on the come. Who knows? Maybe. Who but, knows? But you know what? They're always on the come. You know what, though, man? You Shockey, how's that right feel, there. buddy? Hey, listen, you can stop right there. Because three of those four things you mentioned, we the don't Phillies have. have won a World Series oh, title in the last decade. <laughs> yeah. They have a hockey team. They have a basketball team. Yeah, they All right? Those they three have. things we do not have. I'm just trying to make myself right. feel better. Hey, well, look, you should feel great just right. looking at this baseball team. I if good. I told you, did I do this exercise yesterday? If I told you in the middle of spring training, on March the 10th, two months ago, okay, that after 34 games, they'll be on their ninth starting pitcher. They'll have used 15 relievers, and two of their best hitters, Segura and Hanniger, sure. would be on the DL. Would you have bought that that's a 500 baseball well, I'd team? I'd say they'd be 10 and 24. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's right. Or at least, at least 16 and 18. Not well, 500. Yeah, I sixty. I might have. I might have taken the 16 and 18. To be honest with you, I think with you, you would have. Well, I think you would have. I mentioned. It, I mentioned it to Adam last segment. You know what scared me today? Mm. I mean, scared the crap out of me today. What pocket? Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> the ace of our staff, Ariel Miranda, is a pinch runner. Yeah. yeah like I no. Saw that. Can we j- throw? Some, I, well, you when, know what? Listen, when the ace of your staff... Make Stottlemyre run. When the ace of your staff is technically your number six starter, <laughs> and when the only guy left from your projected rotation is Giovanni Gallardo, whose whip is, like, bigger than the Seahawks scoring average last year, mm. then you should be, let's face it, you should be in bad shape. Uh, yes. And maybe they are. Maybe this is like Fernando Rodney walking the tightrope two years ago, <laughs> and they're walking the tightrope right now, and at any moment, just <laughs> it's all going to fall apart. Just splat. Well... Who if, knows? If maybe you, it's coming. No, but if you want to look at it that way, then you look at the fact that they gave up six runs. I yeah, mean, they almost yeah. had to score 11 today. Well, but that's exactly what they have to do. Yeah. Uh, this is what we talked about on the show on Monday uh, mm-hmm. or last week, and I got ripped apart for it by my own audience. Heck, it wasn't even Puckett ripping me. It was my own audience well, Go back to it. the Puckett thing. On Twitter. Yeah, what, 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 what was he what? ripping you for? He, he, was, he was trying to basically tell me that Kevin King wasn't the team by the Seahawks, is not he wasn't. very good. Yeah. I don't care about the injuries. You know, I'm not buying it. You can't, you know, whatever. I'm trying to paint the optimistic picture here, and this guy's pissing all over my parade. That's what he does. He's a pisser. Wait, are all they, right? Are Puck they, at the pisser. Do you think... 
But I, I thought it was the picker. Instead of puck the picker, they should have puck the pisser. And he can just rain on people's parades think all year that, long. Do you think the Chuck and Puck show is going to go down the road of uh, Refuse to Talk? You mean the Duck and Suck show? The, uh, stop uh, it. <laughs> refuse to Talk. I hope not. I don't like that idea. I don't no. like Refuse to Talk. I want to Think about when we did baseball. that, though. Think about when we did that, though. Yeah, they stunk. It was horrible. They were terrible. It was, it was horrible. But I but, thought you were going to mention last night, because I noticed it last night about, I was at the hockey game about 9 yeah, o'clock. I yeah. looked at the Twitter. Big win for the birds, by the way. Uh, they lost. They anyway, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I looked. I thought they won. No, they lost. Are you sure about that? No, they played tonight. I was. Okay. I think so. I was there. You were there? All right. It was two for one night. I didn't yeah, have Yeah, I was reading your tweets from last week. Might have been. As I'm looking through, I, I noticed once again we were back onto the Kevin King thing last yeah. night. Like 9.30. Yeah. It just, it's like it just pops back up again. Well, <laughs> I, I just, uh, whatever. I, mean, I asked I, Tom Cable about him. Did you hear that? What did Tom Cable say? Didn't like him. No, he didn't. <laughs> You're lying. And you didn't even ask about him. That's also a lie. Well, he's also the offensive line coach. Why I, what, okay, then why didn't you ask Tom Cable about uh, the running back they drafted? Did you ask about Chris Carson? No, but I asked about the Did other you ask backs. about if they tried to move up and grab Mahomes? Uh. Did you bring that up? <laughs> huh? What the hell? He said, I hate Kevin King. That's all I needed. My God. He says, I don't like Kevin King. I don't want him. So Ethan Posick is going to right tackle, huh? Yeah. He's okay. Got, the offensive line's done. I so, mean, it's, it's a done deal. You got to figure it out right here. Uh, well, hang on. Let me, let, let me, let me, let me try and guess. Okay. So it's going to be uh, Jokel at left tackle, Lewinsky at left guard, Britt at center, Odiambo stepping on Russell's feet at right guard. <laughs> And then Postic <laughs> and Effetti just kind of will share the right tackle duties. Did that, by the way, that image yeah. of him stepping The Atlanta up, game? Yeah. Oh, my God. Did that not just sum up last year's offensive <sighs> totally. line? Totally. Complete gong show. Uh, it'll be like probably it. Fant. Right. This will be left to right. Fant I'm, where? I'm guessing Fant, Jokel, Britt, Glowinski, or... What? Odi- yeah, probably Glowinski. Glowinski at right guard? He's, he is a right so guard So the now. guy that played left guard is playing right guard. Because he's right-handed guy. The guy that played right guard... Okay, wait a minute. Just hang on. Cut the music. <laughs> hang on a second. <laughs> wait! Shut it off. You're telling me that Mark Glowinski is a right-handed guy. Is that correct? He put like his right Did hand on the ground. Did he switch from last year? Was he a lefty he, last year? He played lefty out of necessity last year, said Cable. He's a right, pure right-handed guard is what Cable said. And who, okay, so they put a Fetty at right guard and they put Gary Gilliam. Gary! Gary! At right tackle, and now yeah. Gary's gone. Gary's gone. They won't even match that minuscule offer a, the Niners gave him. A Fetty and Postic battle out at right tackle. Right, right. guard will right. be uh, did you ask, probably did you Golinski. Ask, did you ask Cable? And I'm sure you didn't, all right? But ne- next time we I talk did. to him, he, we can I ask told him. you, he did not like did Kevin King. Did you ask him <laughs> why the hell a Fetty wasn't playing right tackle a year ago? And if Glowinski's a right guard, why wasn't he playing right guard a year I ago? I asked him about Glowinski okay. playing right guard. It was out of necessity that, to play left uh, that's, guard last that's year. That's crap. I don't buy that. That's what he told that me. That drives me, me freaking deal? nuts. You know what that sounds like, by the way, to me? What? See, now I'm all pissed off. My show hasn't even begun yet, and already I'm fired up. That sound, that's Mariner-esque. Well, you take that's that like up. playing Mike Zanino because you, you got nobody else. You take that up with Tom Ian, Cable. Ian, that's ridiculous. I know. They should be this, doing it at, at that point. What's best for the player? What's best for the young you rookie? Can, you can play the sound bite. Oh my the god, that makes me want to vomit. Are you kidding me? Really? Se- seventeen and seventeen. Out of necessity. Yeah. Out of really. Seventeen and seventeen. Does that make you feel better? Seventeen nice. and seventeen. May the tenth. Tom, Good why didn't you draft Kevin King? I didn't like him. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Do you want to teach your show? Going to be here at three thirty. <laughs> You know who Wally Walker is? Uh, part of the Seventy Nine Championship team. The last time we team. had Wally Walker in studio, we were talking about uh, Mikhail Jellabal. So oh. he'll be here at 3.30. He's part of the Hanson team, obviously. He just drafts Sene or something? Uh, Mohamed Sayar Sene, <laughs> by the way. Uh, Wally Walker at 3.30. Petros, poop your back zits at 4.20. And then John Wilner, your buddy from the San Jose Mercury News. Oh, okay, good. You see his quarterback comfort rankings in the Pac-12? Which not. includes starters. Why are you waving at me? I don't what? know. Which includes starters <laughs> and backups. Yeah. Coog's at number two.
Huskies won? Huskies won. Hmm. I was shocked by that. I thought for sure. What about Sam Darnold, the greatest, three, play, the greatest player ever? The projected first-round pick of every draft between here and 2040. Sam Darnold, number See, three. See ya. See ya. Go Cougs. And Oregon and Washington, and then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Yeah! What damn eagle? Don, Grandpa is talking to you. Yeah!